Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit every other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you, and rubbing son is racing. Hey race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, welcome to Drafting the Circuits, my name is Frank Santorowski, I'll be your host for the next hour, or perhaps more as we discuss everything racing, and we're a um, big weekend of racing coming out of Texas uh, as the uh, cup season is winding down. Before we get into uh, going going over all that, let me introduce you to the Childress Racing. Mr. Gray Warren, Gray, how are you? I'm doing fine. I hope everybody else is. All right, and engineer extraordinaire, my friend Richard Uden. Richard, how are you tonight? I'm doing very good, thank you. Hope everybody else is as well. All right, great to great to talk to you tonight, Richard. And from Motorsports Tribune, journalist Seth Eggert. Seth, how are you? I'm doing great. All right, gentlemen. So uh, going into Texas, I think, uh, Gray, you predicted, you picked Kevin Harvick for the win there, and uh, he certainly certainly pulled that one out um and somebody's giving me a boo <laughs> but um yeah i, I mean it, he was uh, uh go you know it's as, as you look at this thing harvick has been kind of quiet all year i mean he won at sonoma but he just kind of been i mean he hasn't been bad but he hasn't been great you know he hasn't been dominant but uh talk about peaking at the right time you know and now kevin harvick is uh, on the mouth of everybody who's talking about who's going to win this thing well, I just had a feeling that he would he would do well at Texas because he ran so well at Charlotte, and uh, I mean it, I don't think it was much of a stretch. I just I just just I felt that he would uh, he would come out and, and and run run pretty well there, and uh, he did. I mean, of course, Truex did his usual thing. He wasn't as dominant as he has been, but uh, until until Harvick made the pass with. Uh, about ten laps to go, uh, he was very much in position to uh, to claim his what, which would have been his seventh uh, win on a mile and a half uh, this year. Uh, I'm going to ask Seth. You know, we've been talking about this. What did that do for his uh, average finish? Uh, you know, he's chasing Bobby Labonte's record. What what? Uh, uh, Labonte's record is two point four. Uh, Truex is, I want to say, right now at two point eight. Oh, okay. If, so it didn't, if, it didn't really hurt it, but it didn't... If, uh, if he... 
I want to say he has to finish in the top three uh, to either top to uh, beat it. And I want to say he would tie if he finishes somewhere in the top ten. I don't have the exact numbers. All right, so so fill me in. I guess you've been talking about this one behind my back. Is this a single season record on mile yeah, and half? Season, single, okay, single all right. Season on mile and a half. Bobby Labonte holds it right now from the 1999 season. Okay, and that was uh, I remember that season well. Yes, and mind you, that season had seven less mile and a half races than this season. Okay, that's right because a lot of uh, tracks like uh, Kansas. In Chicago and had had yet to open. Right, and um, yeah, in Texas and um no, Texas, Texas had opened by right. one race opened. a season right. yeah, Kentucky, at that right. time. Kentucky yeah. wasn't on there yet, nor was nope. uh, nor was Vegas. So, Vegas was on there. Was it? Again, Vegas, was, Vegas was on, yeah. I'll just shut that up while I'm ahead. The third. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky wasn't on there, I know that, so but good, but, uh, good stuff for Truex, yeah. but I gotta say, you know, watching Harvick um, come up on him and, and really kind of take the fight to Martin Truex on the mile and a half and, and wrestle it away from and run away with it. I mean, we've not been – we've not really seen anybody uh, able to, to, to go toe-to-toe with Martin this year. So, and again, that bodes yeah. pretty well for Harvick. Yeah, and, and what true, Martin had a, had a good car, but he didn't have the dominant car that, that he's, had, he's had, you know, at other races. And like I said, he only fell 10 laps short of, of, of being able to do it. Harvick uh, ran well most of the race. He, he practiced well, had a good ten lap average and whatnot. So yeah, it it, it I, I just had a feeling that he would go in just based on based on how well he ran at Charlotte. Two similar tracks. Their mile and a half programs been getting a little bit better. And really, and it, it, to me, it's surprising that that this was only Harvick's second win of the season. And then we are going to um, going to. Um, Phoenix next week, where he's been he's been good. He last few races he had he hadn't been as dominant as he has been, but still you gotta you gotta inc- almost include him as a favorite going out there because of his his past record out there. He's 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 you know the the, the winningest driver, uh, active driver heading to Phoenix. So yeah, but uh, uh, a pretty pretty good race. Uh, of course, there was a big uh, there was a little bit of trouble on. Or the early laps, Kyle Busch and Keselowski get together, and uh, Keselowski really had to rally. A great job by the Penske guys uh, getting getting back uh, back into the fray and really getting a really good finish. And if uh, you know if uh, uh, he transfers to the to the final four, um, they'll look back on their rally at, at Texas as if any of that is if they do well at, at Phoenix. They'll look back on their rally at Texas as being, you know, one of the reasons they they made it into that. Uh, the other half of that was was Kyle Busch. He he uh, got a, the right front fender damaged pretty bad, but he still uh, still was able to drive through the field and and get back up to twelfth place with a damaged race car. And uh, but of course, you know, wasn't a lot of pressure on Kyle uh, for this race because he had won the previous week at Martinsville, so his his spot in the final four is already set but uh at race's end uh it comes out to where uh uh of course harvick transfers with the win at texas bush already there as we talked about for the win at martinsville uh truex with a good strong second place finish and 
and and just eating up those those bonus points on the stage uh, wins. He's comes in. He's he's seventy six uh, points to the good. So he's going to automatically transfer. He's already clinched his spot. So it leaves one spot going into Phoenix for five drivers to determine. Five really uh, good cars. Five well, yeah, no, but so. you got there's a couple of them in pretty pretty dire straits. Jimmy Johnson has to win, no doubt about it. That's his only shot in. Chase Elliott pretty much has to win to transfer. Uh, then we've got uh, Blaney, who is uh, what ten points out. Seth can Seth can give us the numbers. Uh, he is nine points out. Nine points out. Uh, nine points out. And then uh, I guess right now, um, uh, let's see. Uh, sitting in fourth right now is Keselowski. Is that correct? Or is that Denny? Uh, no, Keselowski's fourth. Hamlin's Ke- fifth. Ke- Ak- yeah, and Ke- Keselowski's nineteen to the good. Yeah, yeah. Um, correction. But, he's nineteen to the good, and he's Blaney is actually twenty-two points out. Right, Hamlin, twenty-two points and out. Hamlin's nineteen points out, right? Correct. So there, that's there's, correct. Okay. there's almost a forty-point swing between Keselowski and Hamlin, but you, you figure as as you look at this thing, right? The 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 thing that would help Brad out the most right now would be for um, you know Truex and um. Truex and Bush <laughs> to win the thing. Truex or Bush to win the thing, or um, or Harvick to win the thing, uh, because Brad doesn't have a great record at Phoenix, but he could if he can keep it in the top five and and not let one of those guys behind him steal the win. Yeah. He can he can or, squeak well, by with without or a, without, spoiler. without a must win. Yeah, or a spoiler, well, well, or yeah, like you say, or a non chaser. Keselowski's so. just got to go go to go to Phoenix and 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 just say, okay, I'll, we're shooting for the win or a solid top five. I, and I think that'll that'll yeah. secure his spot. But I tell you what, and and, and I know we're going to pick, we we'll do our picks in a little bit here. But I tell you, I like the two and the elevens' chances going to Phoenix right now better than the better than the other two because their flat track programs are have been so good this year. Uh, Brad and both Brad and um, and uh, uh, the eleven have run well at both. Uh, Martinsville and and Loudon uh, this year, and I think going to Phoenix, they've got to be feeling good uh, with their setups and things going out there. So I would I would say Brad Brad and and, and Denny to me are going to be the two guys that that are going to be in the best best uh, shape of uh, you know, and, and it'll come down to those two guys fighting it out for for it. And like I said, uh, Keselowski, all he's got to do is just. Keep an eye on the eleven and finish close to him, and he'll secure his spot. Right, but I think the the other guy that with a pretty solid flat track program is is Blaney. Yeah, I was going to mention Blaney yeah, too, yeah, but there, but there again, I just at, at, he's uh, been he's been good, but not quite as good as the other two. Yeah, and he doesn't have the years of experience those guys. Right, have and either, I, so, and yeah, I think but, that's uh, probably that that's that's a good way to look at it. You know. But but really, what a what a great run for the for the Wood Brothers uh, and Blaney uh, this year. I mean, they've made it to the final eight. They've got a shot at moving to the final four, and this is uncharted territory for the Wood Brothers. Uh, you know, for many years they did not run the full season. Uh, they were uh, just uh, up until a few uh, up until Blaney got in the car. Uh, they were just a part time team, only running selected races. So. Uh, you know that's uh, that's a feather in their cap, and uh, really proud of those guys for what they've been able to achieve. 
and two dots on that. Uh, or, well, one on that and one on Harvick. For Harvick, his Texas win was his first career win at Texas. There's now only two tracks he has yet to win at. Kentucky and Pocono. Okay. Uh, Neither of which are ahead in the schedule. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it that way. I'm but, just being silly. You know, we, we put such an emphasis earlier in the year on Kyle Busch. The only tr- points paying race he had yet to win was Charlotte. I just wanted you know to put Harvick into perspective. Yeah, yeah, Harvick's won that. a lot of races over the years. He sure uh, has. Yeah, 37. That just, pro- just proves his versatility. Uh, you know, and, and he and Bush, Bush and, 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 and Bush's uh, career is about the same because Kyle's got just – what about thirty-eight or thirty-nine cup wins? Correct. So they're right neck and neck. So yeah, their 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 careers pretty much mirror one another uh, right now. Both of them both uh, top-flight versatile uh, race car drivers. Right. Both of them. And, with, both of them with one championship under their belt, and both of them eligible for for another one in two weeks. So that's correct. Yep. And my other thought, going back to the Wood Brothers, like you said, they've never competed, or they have at times competed for championships. And at times they haven't. They have never won an owner's championship. Mm-hmm. And even if they were to win the championship this year, technically they would not get the owner's title because they're leasing a charter from Go Fast Racing. That's correct. Yep. So, in theory, they could still win another title. It would only be their second title with a driver. And still not have an owner's championship. How about that? How about yep, the many years that those guys have been in the sport? So now, Richard, my friend, you've been kind of quiet. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts uh, coming out of this uh, this <clears throat> race in Texas? I thought it was, um, you know, almost in a way, it was good to see, um, you know, Harvick win that race. You know, as Gray mentioned, he ran he ran strong at Charlotte. Um, I believe the only race he'd won before then today was uh, before that race was um, Sonoma. Sonoma. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Sonoma. So right. you know they, they haven't really had their uh, you know the strength that you'd uh, you know typically expect to see from those guys this season. But um, you know the, the, it was a good race. There was some good um, you know some good racing there, and to actually see somebody for want of a better phrase stick it to Truex um, and make a pass. You know, an outrace the seventy eight, which I think is the first time in a long time somebody's really outraced that car. Absolutely. It was pretty good to see. Uh, so it gives you know, it gives everybody in a way a, an opportunity that um, uh, you know Homestead isn't going to be a, unless you know potentially the seventy eight was sandbagging a little bit. Not to say that they would do, but there's obviously that potential. But it 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 gives everybody a little bit of hope that it's not going to be a um, you know a procession down in Miami. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of people were looking at it, it was just going to be a, you know, kind of a matter-of-fact coronation, you know, going to uh, going to Homestead. The, the 78 was, was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win it. And I think going into, I think going in, I think we have the potential of having a terrific race at Homestead because you know, Kyle, you know what you're going to get from Kyle Busch. You know what you're going to get from Harvick. And, uh, you know, it, the, the, the only thing that remains is that fourth, uh, that fourth individual. And going in there, and I think we're going to see a, a, a tremendous race. If uh, you know, no matter, I think if I think it's going to either be the two or the eleven that's going to transfer, and no matter which one goes in it, I think we're going to see a, a tremendous race uh, 
come Sunday, two weeks from well, come come a week from Sunday, yeah. Yeah, you know, the last uh, since they've started the the, the knockout playoff format, those uh, those season enders have been pretty darn good. And each time each time they've had it, the um, the winner of the race has also won the championship. So. Um, you know, I think that that's pretty neat. It you know, kind of validates the you know the stick and ball kind of Super Bowl kind of thing. And whoever wins the last <laughs> thing, <laughs> you know, whoever wins the the last game of the season wins the uh, wins the trophy. So, um, and, and I'm certain that uh, whoever wins down in Homestead is gonna is gonna win the crown too. I, I we haven't had a spoiler yet, and I don't I don't see one coming out of the woodwork. You know, barring Seth, an odd pitch I, strategy. I have a question related to that, Frank, and this is directed at Seth. Do, uh, after they all qualify going into Homestead, what what what? How do the points reset for the, uh, they, for, the for the finale? They would all be at five thousand, at least in the Cup Series. So it'd be at five thousand. No playoff points are counted. Uh, so, they, it's even, so it's pretty it's much, even. So it's and pretty much takes all. It, it, it'll be even. Finish. Winner takes all. The Xfinity Series and Truck Series. Also reset, no playoff points. They would be reset, I believe, at four thousand though, because they're uh, they have one less round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Okay, so, so, that's, so the, that's what the, I was curious about. The finishing order of those four, four cars, you know, whoever finished highest wins. So I guess there's always the, the, there's always the possibility, right, that the four and, drivers in the and chase. And one more, and one more note. Okay, uh, then me next. The, <laughs> just the championship four will not get any stage points at Homestead. They're still going to have stages, but okay, I'm with you. they are not getting any points during those stages. Yeah, well, so no, you could, there's you no could need win. for them, yeah. Yeah, well, it would prevent, I guess, somebody winning stage one, winning stage two, and then being second, you know, say he finishes third, and then another guy who didn't get any stage points finishes second. He would probably have accumulated enough points to overtake the guy that finished second. Right. But they're preventing that from happening. That's a good point. Yeah, that, yeah. So it's going to be the highest. Does, does that make sense? Sorry, that was a pretty bad explanation, wasn't it? <laughs> no, no, that made perfect sense to me. Of course, you oh, know. Maybe you, it's the, of course, or maybe it's the rules of the whole thing are so badly organized in the first place, it's difficult for anybody uh, to true. explain them. But yeah. the, the thing for me when you figure it's this winner take all, you know, these four cars, you know, there's. And there's, you know, the other 30-some-odd cars out there with them. Uh, there's always the possibility, you know, these four cars all are involved in the same wreck on lap one, and whichever one comes grinding to a halt closest to the finish line wins the title, you know, with another, oh, whichever one with another on the 400, clock 400 miles to go. So, uh, but, but we haven't seen that yet, but, uh, but yeah. it's, it's, you know, it lends itself to that possibility. So Well, we but almost it'll, saw it'll be that exciting. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. with, with the big wreck there that took out Logano and uh, and Carl Edwards and and, uh, and that yeah that was almost uh, that, was, that almost got a lot of people there sure did. So here's a question for you. I'm trying to remember the rules on this. With this five minute clock, say hypothetically that you did get this scenario where you know you had you know multiple cars involved in an accident. and you have to reset the damage clock. They give a pre-described. Um, you know, lap time that the other car, you know, you have to complete. Minimum speed. Yeah, and before you are off the damage clock, do those laps count if you are not on the damage? So if you do not achieve that minimum lap time, does that still count as racing laps? It does because the rule book also states they are given one chance 
to meet minimum speed. And that chance NASCAR, depending on the track, uh, say Daytona Talladega, it's typically two laps. Uh, yeah. Short track, it's typically five to ten. Uh, Homestead, it would probably be maybe three to five laps. Okay. I envision this. I envision something happens and the official has to stop the race and go under the hood like on the NFL and they have to contact Daytona or Charlotte to get a ruling <laughs> on it and the guy comes back out on it and makes the announcement, you know, who knows, I tell you what, it's it they they're probably going to have to have an official in the booth with them uh during during the race to like kind of like the Fox does on Sunday at football games. They have that Mike Piera what that does the uh does the uh talks about the calls and, and interprets the rules of the game. So who knows? I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit convoluted on Sunday. I mean, but basically it just bought if you want to boil it down to its simplest form, the highest the highest finisher among those four will take the championship. And with that being said, let's let's first talk about who that fourth car is gonna be. Now now Gray, you had talked about that a little bit. You you like the eleven and the two. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I like their chances too. Um, I certainly like the chances to be 19 points above the cut line. You know, plus I, plus I like to see all three manufacturers represented in, in the final four. You know, because we've got yeah. two Toyotas and a Chevrolet, and it'd be great to have a Ford in there as well. Uh, we've, we've, so we've got, got one Ford. Ford. Uh, yeah. Ford. Yeah, we have two Toyotas and one. Oh, Ford. I'm sorry, I forgot. I forgot that. Uh, Oh, so we need a Chevy in there? Oh, oh forget oh. it. No, we need two. I don't Fords. think you're going to get it. I'm sorry, but I, I, I don't I'm think sorry, a just... Chevrolet. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, well, Har- Harvick's been hey. running a Chevy so long, it slipped my mind. They switched to Ford this year. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm going to say the two's in a catbird seat. All he's got to do is go out there. He doesn't He doesn't necessarily have to win the thing. It, that's a plus if he does. But if he can just keep the 11 in sight close by, uh, and, and, and he runs a, get a solid top five, which I think he's capable of doing. Uh, I think uh, the two comes out and transfers to Miami. All right, and Richard, what do you think? Who do who do you think gets fourth spot? I think it. I mean, my my sort of my head says the two. I think he's you know pretty nailed onto it, but. I'd love to see Jimmy go out there. I mean, I'm saying Jimmy's been going to win a race for the last three or four weeks, and he's been absolutely terrible. Um, but I'd like to, see, you know, it'd be pretty gutsy and ballsy to see somebody go out there, as as uh, I believe Harvick did a couple of years ago, and you know, must win last chance mm-hmm. to win sort of uh, event mm-hmm. and uh, go out there and do the business. 
Oh, that would be incredible to see. I mean, it really would be. But we, we would, like, but I'm like you. I just Jimmy has not. Jimmy and that team has just not shown the wherewithal. Now I know they can. You know, it, it can it can come, and he's a, he's got the heart of a champion, no doubt. And that team is is championship caliber. But they have just not, to me, shown the wherewithal uh, and have the speed. Uh, in that no. in that car, that's that's the only thing that worries me about that. Yeah, something's definitely different about that operation this year. I mean, they've had flashes of brilliance, but not the you know continued um, just solid runs like like we're used to out of that organization. So I I would tend to agree with you that uh, while I, I think Jimmy's certainly capable of it, you know, on any given day, I just don't see it happening either. So so Richard, you're going with the two. Gray, you're going with the two. Seth. Yep. Seth, who gets uh, that? Who gets that four spot? I am going to be the outlier compared to those two, and I'm going to say Blaney. I put him in my championship for a uh, couple weeks ago, and I'm sitting here saying, just he on flat tracks has run well, just like Keselowski, just like Hamlin, and I I think he may be able to do it. And also, the other thing, I just want to see at least a 50-50 chance of having a new champion instead of a repeat champion. True, true, yep. So uh, so a new champion would be Truex. Or Blaney. <laughs> in, in, in the way I'm saying it. In, in the, the way, way you're I'm saying it. I got you, I got you. No, I, I certainly think that Blaney is fully well capable of winning at Phoenix. Uh, you know, I kind of wonder if... Uh, since he's driving for Roger Penske next year, if Team Orders come into play, because I don't know if you noticed in Texas in the the last uh, uh, two two Roger laps there, Penske, Roger Penske says there's no Team Orders for his teams in NASCAR. Yes, well, so did you notice in the last two laps laps of Texas that uh, Keselowski got around both uh, uh, Logano and Blaney? I'm not uh, saying that was a Team Order or Brad driving strong, but uh, it was. Kind of interesting that I know at least Joey let him have that spot, but Blaney, I don't know. I don't, Blaney probably not so much. I think Blaney got stuck behind Joey. I think Blaney got yeah, Blaney was, a, but I think I think Joey let him have that spot. So I think Joey felt bad about bringing out the caution to Martinsville. So. <laughs> All right, so Seth, you like the Wood Brothers and you like Mister Blaney for that four spot, and I will go with uh, with my heart and my head, and I'll say that Keselowski gets that four spot. Um, uh, you know, maybe with a win or maybe with a solid top five. Um, I have a feeling one of these, I think either one of the three guys that have already clinched a spot are going to win in Phoenix. Um, and, uh, and you know, good solid top five, top four for uh, Brad's going to put him in. So, um, you know, with that being said, the, there are championships up for grabs in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. And uh, those guys were all in action at Texas as well. So, um, you know, Seth, I know you watched it. I, Richard, I know you were running support for um, for the, the Xfinity race in Texas. So you guys want to take us through some of the uh, the lower division series um, highlights from the weekend? Well, for the truck series, uh, they're in the round of six. Uh, Johnny Sauter went out and won for the third time this season. Uh, he dominated the race to a certain point. Uh, I want to say he won one, if not both stages. Uh, 
Christopher Bell ran well. He's dominated the season. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry. Uh, Sawyer didn't win a stage. He finished second to Bell in stage one. But uh, it was a good race. Uh, John Hunter check and Nemco, they tried to play the fuel strategy game. And it just did not work. They John Hunter was told he was going to be four laps short, and they were 14 laps short. Uh, he's now 39 points outside of the cutoff. John Hunter Nemechek has to win at Phoenix in order to transfer. Ben Rhodes, on the other hand, he's five points behind Austin Sindrick, and Sindrick had a very good run at uh, Texas as well. So the last three spots, because Bell is in just based on points, the max points you can gain in a truck race is 55 points, and he's 55 ahead of Ben Rhodes. So he's all but locked in. He'll be locked in once they start the engines at Phoenix. Uh, so Crafton, Sindrick, Rhodes, and Nemechek are the four left that are not locked in. Crafton, he's 24 points ahead of Rhodes. He's relatively safe. Sindrick, like I said, he's five points ahead, so not as safe. In the Xfinity series, uh, you had Eric Jones be the spoiler yet again. Uh, cup driver winning in the Xfinity series. Story of the season. Uh Phoenix will be the last race that cup drivers can participate in. Uh, Elliot Sadler now leads the points five points ahead of his teammate, William Byron, and nine ahead of his other teammate, Justin Allgaier. Uh, Bren Poole is on the cutoff, 24 points behind, five points ahead of Matt Tift. Right now, the entire uh, championship four, if they stay the same in the Xfinity series, would be all Chevys. If Daniel Hemrick is able to make his way in there, it would still be all Chevys. Ford only has two chances with Cole Custer and Ryan Reed. Toyota, one chance with Matt Tiff. Uh, Custer, he had a fairly decent day after struggling uh, at well the, at uh, Kansas. Although his day was had a very strange start. Uh, He started on the outside pole, immediately fell backwards, fell to about the 25th, 26th position. He had a left rear tire going down at the start of the race, and a caution for the 78 car spinning ended up saving him from going two laps down. Uh, He went from being one lap down, took the wave around at the end of the stage. Another caution came out keeping him on the lead lap, and he was able to fight back for a fifth-place finish after running as low as 40th at one point in the race. Uh, Matt Tift, uh, he and Ryan Reed had relatively mediocre days. Uh, Ryan Reed, his day just kept getting worse and worse. Eventually, he bounced off the wall, ended up uh, finishing worse of the playoff drivers. It was just not... A good day for Ryan Reed. Uh, Richard, what do you think of the two races? Um, I didn't, uh, unfortunately, catch any of the uh, the truck race, but the uh, as Frank mentioned, we were supporting the uh, Xfinity race and watching that one. And uh, yeah, the, it was a bit of a, a sort of a, a mix and match day. You know, it was a little bit up in the air. It was quite a difficult race to follow at times. Uh, you know, I, I think 
and then this goes above what I think we saw at Texas, but um, I'm a pretty big believer now, having sort of followed the Xfinity playoffs quite closely this season, that they need to limit the number of cup drivers in the uh, playoffs. In 2018, cup drivers will not be eligible to run in the Dash for Cash races, the final race of the regular season, or the playoffs. Well, there you go. That's my point done. Okay, see you later, guys. Thanks. <laughs> but no, I just think that it. You know, you, you're trying to. You know, you, you don't want to go to Homestead. I know they're not doing it even at Homestead this year, but it's. You know, when you're having to look at well, how's the playoffs looking, and you're looking at guys that finish like sixth, seventh, eighth, and back. You know, it, it's not really what it's meant to be. It doesn't really, uh, you know, engage you. Um, and I, I think I do that, agree on that. I think it's different. I know that it's important for these guys to race against the cup drivers and to gain that experience, but you've got another 20-odd races before that to go through to be able to do that. You know, let them have their glory towards the end of the season and let them fight out these um, playoffs. I mean, Eric Jones, you know, was, was great. I mean, the, the, um, you know, some of the driving there was fantastic by those cup guys, but to a certain extent, you expect it, you know. Um, exactly, and in the truck series... You haven't had any cup drivers at all compete other than the occasional Reed Sorensen or Greg yeah. Alden, if you consider them cup drivers. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No offense to them. I think Ty's in the Ty did uh, at Martinsville. Martinsville, yeah. So, I mean, it's not been a... It it hasn't been the overwhelming that you have one quarter of the field be cup drivers. Exactly. Which I I do think, you know, I think it's great for the young guys to learn against them. There are certain races and certain times of the year where that's appropriate. And and then there are some drivers who don't think they learn from them, but that's another story as well. Yeah. And maybe there's some cup drivers that do need sending back to Xfinity so they can learn a little bit more before they get back up there. That I agree with as well. But like I said, also in the Xfinity series, no one is actually locked in, believe it or not, because of, I was going to say, Christopher Bell, a truck series driver, won Kansas. Eric Jones, a cup driver, won Texas. You have one race left, which is Phoenix. And, or well, one race left before Homestead anyway, which is Phoenix, and that's the last race of this round. Elliot Sadler only has a 29-point lead over Matt Tift. He's relatively safe. William Byron has, let's see, 24 points, and Justin Allgaier, 20 points. The three junior motorsports cars are still in the playoffs. They're not locked in, but they're relatively safe. It's from Brennan Poole all the way back to Ryan Reed that's still up in the air. Mm-hmm. How, how many cup drivers are entered in the uh, in, in the Phoenix race? In well, you have Alex Bowman in the forty-two. You have both Dylan brothers. Uh, you have Ryan Blaney and Eric Jones. I'm just double checking to make sure that's it. Uh, 
And Ray Golding. So you have six cup driver or and Corey LaJoy, that's seven cup drivers. Then you have Christopher Bell and Joe Nemechek uh, from the truck series. So you have nine drivers total. They're not earning any points in the Xfinity series competing at Phoenix in the Xfinity series. Before we, before we move on to the, uh, to, to other things, uh, they came out, uh, of course it wasn't, wasn't publicized right after the race, but it came out the next morning. There was a, there was a scrum between, uh, between uh, who was it? Uh, Brendan gone. Brendan gone and Ross Chastain. They, Ross Chastain. They, they actually what, had it coming together on track, didn't they? Yeah. yeah they what, had, what? Yeah. What they, led to that? They had a, two different coming togethers on track. Uh, the first one, it was just relatively mild, uh, beaten, banging. Uh, the second time, Brendan actually turned down going into turn three and four. Yeah. It it almost uh, sent uh, Ross Chastain around. And after the race, before Ross Chastain could even get out of the car, Brendan was confronting him. Uh, Chastain admitted that he was had been blocking gone a little harder uh, after the first two incidents, which I'll admit it's understandable from a racing point of view. I'm not a racer, so I can't speak for them. But as they were walking back to the Xfinity garage, uh, reports say that Brendan Gaughan threw a punch at Chastain and the entire 62 team joined in on Chastain and four members of Chastain's JD Motorsports although the, the people from JD Motorsports that were there with Chastain only two of them were actually with on his team, the other two, one was from the zero one car, one was from the zero car. So you had three or four different teams there essentially. Chastain was left with a shiner. Uh, one of the crew members from JD Moore Sports ended up being taken to the infield care center and then taken to a hospital for observation because of concussion uh, symptoms. Both Chastain and Brendan Gaughan were brought to the NASCAR hauler. Brendan Gaughan left without making any comment. Chastain said he didn't want to be viewed in this light, that he didn't want to be the guy known for fighting. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, Brendan Gaughan's, you know, pretty much certain to be retiring at the end of the season. He's only got a few more races to settle the, settle the scores, hasn't he? You know, he's got to go in there and oh, uh, sort everybody I, out. Although I will say this, this is the second fight for Chastain this season. Earlier in the year at Bristol, the first Bristol race, he threw a punch at, I want to say, Jeremy Clements. Yes, um, yes, he did. So, Again, not that I'm trying to defend Brendan Gaughan, not that I'm trying to defend Ross Chastain, but that's the main reason why Chastain made the comments he's made, that he doesn't want to be known for this attitude or fighting or anything like that. Well, there's a simple answer there, isn't there? Don't fight. Don't fight, yeah. Don't fight, <laughs> but the thing is, but the reports say that Brendan first punched, so in that aspect, it sounds like Chastain was... Uh, defending himself. So he doesn't want to be known as the person that gets 
that throws punches, and he doesn't want to be known as the person that gets punched. Well, just, just keep out of everybody's way, then. Yeah. Uh, the, th- the thing I find most intriguing about this story is the fact that there's no really good video exists of it. I mean, this day and age, everything that happens, you know, 15 people out their cell phone cameras, and the next thing you know, oh, here's, I mean, there was a little fan video of a, of an angry, uh, or actually a journalist video, a cell phone video of an angry guy in a pit road yelling at Denny Hamlin uh, after Martinsville. And, yeah. and, you know, there's the cell phone videos of, of you know, scuff up between a, uh, Oh, Jeff Gordon and Keselowski at Texas a couple of years ago, but there's no video of this. I'm sure this is going to surface in the next couple of days. Somebody's, the, somebody's the got only, video of this. The only one video so far has surfaced, and it is at the very tail end of the fight when members of another team, uh, you can't make out which team it is because the uniforms are black, are pulling the, 60, the members of the 62 team off of the JD Motorsports uh, team. Although I will say this, um, the video that did come out, it appears the fight took place in front of the media center at Texas. Yes, that's filled with photographers. (laughs) It's just they were all at the buffet though. That's true. Yeah, they were. They do have good food in the media center, so that's, you can attest the, to that, uh, right? The exposure wasn't quite like, uh, was it Marcus Ambrose and was it Casey Mears at uh, Bristol when it was on the Jumbotron? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, Richmond. Not, Richmond. Richmond, sorry. Yeah. Richmond, mm-hmm. if it's on the giant screen, it's like, uh, yeah, we all knew what happened there. Well, is any is any punishment expected to be handed down uh, when typically when all this comes out on Wednesdays? The- uh, yeah, they'll probably put a ring up at Phoenix and tell them to carry on. Uh, Actually, uh, penalties were announced uh, today. We're recording Tuesday this week, unfortunately. But um, there was no penalties against Brendan or Ross were announced. And NASCAR typically does not do any of those secret fines or anything like that. At least officially, anyway, they haven't in recent years. So it doesn't look like either of them are going to get any penalty. Okay. Well, I guess it is right. what it is, yeah. So, um, so the teams aren't, nothing nothing coming down on any of the crew members as well? Not that I've seen. Oh, okay. All right, so in another bit of uh, NASCAR news, uh, one of the um, former champions of the series, uh, you know, we, Matt, we know Matt Kansas is slated to be replaced. Um in his ride with Joe Gibbs Racing, and it, it looks like his his search for a suitable ride for 2018 has reached a dead end. So he's pretty much said that he's um, not going to be uh, in a full time uh, Monster Energy um, series next year. Uh, you know, it's it speaks to the state of the sport. You know, there were a lot of uh, younger guys who are getting these rides, um, and the guys that can command uh, higher salaries are having a tougher time with deals. So. Uh, uh, again, I've I followed I followed Matt's career. Um, I was living in Wisconsin when he was running the short track in Kakana, and it was uh, a buddy of mine that that told me, "You watch this kid; he'll be the next big thing in NASCAR." You know, sure enough, you know, twenty five le- years later, he's, he's got him a pretty solid record. Um, nothing to be ashamed of walking away from the sport right now. Still, still pretty well at the top of his game. So, uh, do you think we'll see Matt back? At some point in time, because he's kind of been a little cagey about uh, 
answering that that question directly. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on uh, on Kenseth and and is this the end of the road for him? I don't think we'll see him in a full time ride again. I think we we could see him uh, do some pinch hitting next year, particularly if someone gets injured. Uh, I think Matt would step in and, and run in the right situation. Would step in and run some races, but I don't. We'll see him. I don't think we'll see him back in a full time ride. I think uh, this is uh, this is pretty much it. A lot of these guys, given the state of the sport right now, have probably signed their last big contracts. Uh, it's just not. It's just not there anymore. The sponsors don't have the money to. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner work with uh they've got to you know they've got to fund their teams they're having to work with less uh there so they don't they can't underwrite these these big salaries like a lot of these guys have done teams like uh hendrick are changing the complete business model uh hendrick has going in next year with one one veteran and, and three essentially newcomers I, I don't think we could call chase possibly a a newcomer, but still Chase is, is, is relatively young and he's not driving for the big salaries that, that the other guys are. And it's reported that uh, William Byron and Alex Bowman, their base salary will be somewhere around 500000 uh, You know, we don't know that for sure, but, I mean, that's changing, changing the whole business model of the sport uh, right now. And uh, Hendrick is kind of leading the way. Uh, I think, uh, obviously, uh, with... Um, uh, Eric Jones going over to the uh, to the twenty. Uh, he's he's not going to command the salary that that a veteran like uh, Kenseth is. So yeah, I think we're 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 seeing a reset in the sport, if you will, uh, right now. And I think you know, of course, we had the comments a couple of weeks ago by Denny Hamlin uh, talking that the, the drivers should make in they should make NBA money and that kind of thing. Well. Dream on, Denny, is all I can say, because it's just not there uh, anymore. And uh, Yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not. And, but, uh, uh, Denny, Denny was taking a task for his comments, too. But uh, Denny does know when to say stupid things at the wrong time. Uh, he's always been really good well, at Well, I can understand so. him wanting to fight for what he can get. But, <laughs> exactly, but, but, yeah, yeah. But the reality, the reality of it is, you know, sure, he can drive for somebody, and, and, if, they, and if they want to take uh, – Take a, a third of the a third of the money to run the team, then you know they run the car with the rest of it, and he's not in a competitive ride. Well, I don't care what what all the talent in the world is not going to overcome that. Uh, so you know, Richard will agree with me there. You know, you you it takes a lot of money to run these teams, and and obviously that that money is is you know is not is not there, and it's not going to be there until this sport uh, kind of undergoes somewhat of a revival at the turnstile and at the um, uh, TV ratings. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, I think think you're very right. I think what you've seen, I think what's happening now in in, in NASCAR is 
it's catching or the the corporate world is catching up with NASCAR for one of a better uh, a better phrase it need these teams need to be run like businesses not uh, you know good old boys club uh, which a lot of these teams have been run for so so many years now and you know sponsorship deals were done on the back of a you know a napkin in a local you know Ruby Tuesday or something you know, th- these are big, and we saw with the um, release of those documents from, I believe it was Casey Kane at Hendrick, you know, there's some serious cash flowing around, and there's a lot of clauses, and there's lots of loopholes, and there's lots of, you know, little intricacies, if you like, uh, w- within these contracts now, and it's, it's you know, as, as a less of the old sort of long-standing uh, sponsorship deals there sort of running out now, you that that sort of way of running the business is, is disappearing and they are having to be run like a business with business decisions in mind. And typically if you're a business and you make money, then you will be competitive. That's true. And, 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 and the thing about it is you've got, you got to balance, you got to balance those dollars. And obviously, you know, it's like in any other sport, your driver, your driver is an important hog in the wheel, just like, you know, Tom Brady is is the is the straw that stirs the drink with the New England Patriots and 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 other quarterbacks too. You know, you got to that that's going to be your your what you hang your hat on. But still, you've got to there's got to be a balance there uh, within line because that money has to go be spread over a lot of things. You've got to have a ten, you got to be be able to pay a talented pit crew that you're going to need. To, to, to be able to compete. You're going to have to have talented engineers and talented uh, mechanics building the cars, and then you're going to have to have uh, the money to, to supply them with the, with, the, with, the, uh, with the materials they need to build these cars. And it all costs money, and you've got to figure out a way to do it. And you can't, can't go ahead and earmark the largest portion of your salary. It's got to be, it's got to be a compromise. I think the interesting sort of case study that we've seen now um, is, is what's going on at uh, Hendrick Motorsport. There, without any hesitation, they'll be losing uh, you know, a large amount of their sponsorship income with, with Dale Jr. stepping away. I mean, the the money that they'll be paying, you know, nationwide and uh, Mountain Dew and, and, and companies like that will be paying for the sponsorship on the 88 for next year will be nowhere near what they pay this year and you know i'm sure a lot of that discrepancy between income and expenditure is is being offset by the uh, you know the far cheaper uh, driver salary that uh, alex bowman will be receiving in the 88 car but unlike a lot of teams out there you know they're actually looking and actively hiring more people there's lots of teams that are actually you know contracting and and even though they're receiving less sponsorship money, they're actually reinvesting that difference, I imagine, between uh, sponsorship and driver salary in trying to push their way up the uh, up the uh, up the pecking order. I mean, it's a you know a, an open yeah, secret. It's an open secret, if you like, within the sport that Toyota as a group, so Joe Gibbs and Furniture Row, have by far and away the biggest budget uh, of, of of the major manufacturers. And that is starting to show, uh, you know, there's numbers being talked about that the the, the wind tunnel time that um, that Toyota 
allocate is in the in the realms of sort of three or four times that what some of the Chevy and Ford teams can afford to spend. So, you know, I think some of the bigger teams are starting to you know realize the reallocation of uh, uh, you know of expenditure there. Maybe putting it more into an engineering side and less into a driver salary side. Yeah, yeah abs- and absolutely. Yeah, if you if you just imagine the amount of money that's freed up at Hendrick right now, salary wise. Uh, that that's not going straight to driver salaries. That 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 can go to any number of departments of the team, you know, and not not back into uh, you know Hendrick's bank account, you know. Just like, like to your point, yeah, hire hire some some good engineers, hire some solid engineers with uh, with experience in a lot of these newer technologies that are being brought into the sport, you know, and uh, the wind tunnel stuff and. Well, essentially, they're investing in performance. Exactly. Yeah, that's going to. And that's and that's what's going to. That's what's going to drive the game because uh, although things are, you know, although the the sponsor dollars are shrinking, they shrink even worse if you have a team that that, that underperforms. Oh, and absolutely. Yeah, we, we've seen that. So basically, they're going to take. They're going to. They're going to invest. Invest savings in in in. Uh, in performance, and, and I guarantee, when when the money's there, the teams are going to spend the money in areas that, that they feel are going to help them. That that's always the case. But what another thing that we're going to see, I think, is we're going to see other other teams build a consortium, if if you will, where teams will uh, say Hendrick, RCR, and Ganassi flying under the Chevrolet banner. They will kind of pool some assets together to study some aspects to help their product be better. Uh, I think we're going to see some of that. And that's not a new idea. Uh, that's been done in the sport before, uh, back many years ago. Uh, uh, some, of the teams, some of the teams did that to uh, – some of the Chevy teams did that to, uh, to make – have them better uh, – to, to, to try to get a better car aerodynamically and spend money on study. So this is another thing that's going to come back to a degree – where you'll see those teams as a collaborative effort between some of the she teams and some of the four teams try to get together to study that to offset some of what uh, Toyota's been been able to do. Um, Seth, I've got a quick question for you. You, you can probably remember it uh, more, more in more detail than I can. In the, um, the the finer details of the contract and the sponsorship deals that were released with uh, the five car earlier in the year, how much of a performance-based clause was in that uh, in those contracts? You know, uh, there was quite a bit. Yeah. There was quite a bit. Uh, just the base uh, contract was six hundred sixty thousand dollars a race. Right. Then, yeah. uh, if he won the poll, it was like another ten thousand dollars. If he won the race, it was like another fifteen or twenty-five thousand dollars. Top five was like another four thousand. Top ten was like three thousand one hundred twenty-five, or it was an odd number like that. Yeah. So it, probably was, based on a percentage more than anything, isn't it? Yeah. It, there was. I printed that sheet off, and I've got it somewhere. Like I, I downloaded that yeah. whole thing, but it was it was it was it was loaded on the back end with a lot of that stuff too. And then and like you alluded to, there was a lot of other smaller things and intricacies in it that where. Even Rick Hendrick had to uh, had to be make himself available for so many hours or two or two yeah. two days or something to do uh, 
promotional the, stuff and things like that. Yeah. So and Casey and, as well. And if they made the playoffs, it was like a four hundred thousand dollar bonus. And if they finished like top five in points, it was another like a hundred twenty-five thousand dollar bonus. And if they were to win the championship or had won the championship, it was a one point two five million dollar bonus. Yeah, you see, so if you're if you're sponsoring, I don't know how many races they did. Say if they say if they're doing ten races a year, you know the the the, the baseline figure there is. Six and a half million for for want of a better term. So actually, if you look at it, the the gains from winning a championship are actually pretty slim. You know, okay, it's a million dollars, but a million dollars is still a million dollars. But it's not like you're doubling your money. So, you know, and I don't know how all these contracts you know, elaborate and develop, but you know, you sometimes wonder. When that far to the playoffs, you know, it was a, what, a $400,000, you know, if, if those numbers were still in place this year, that was a $400,000 bonus for uh, making the playoffs. The contract, uh, the specific one we're talking about, was the one signed in 2012. Okay. How, many so, ra- how, how many races was that for? It was six hundred sixty grand for how it, many races? I want to say in 2012, it was 22 races. That's okay, so quite that's a, a lot of money. That's thirteen million dollars. And I know they've cut back to about eighteen or so this year, maybe a little less. Yeah, I mean, my, my only comment is that you know sometimes with these, you know, if you're putting your businessman hat on, and your biggest, you know, a, a achievement is just actually turning up and running. And okay, you've got to run competitively, but. If you're dealing in a nearing market where, to a greater extent, you know, dollar investment does equal performance at the back end, you know, where do you draw that line? Because you could potentially put a lot of, you know, a lot of cash into it for very, very little reward. Yeah. Well, 22 races at 660000 is $14.5 million. And that sounds about right for uh, what the original contract was. That's that's serious. That's serious coin. They won't they won't sign a contract like that in the next five years from any, from anybody. I don't think. Not uh, unless not some new companies come into the sport, and even then, it might not be that much money. Uh, I mean, there's constantly rumors about. Amazon possibly coming into the sport with uh, Ganassi. There's rumors that ever since uh, the Subway fiasco that Gibbs has been trying to court Dunkin' Donuts. Um, and I, I was going to say, you have Daryl Wallace Jr. trying to court Domino's. And there's even talk of maybe Netflix coming in because Hulu sponsors Jeffrey Earnhardt. Even though Jeffrey Earnhardt's team doesn't run that well, it's still their competitor, uh, Netflix. So if one is in there, in this case Hulu, Netflix may think that they have to be in NASCAR. Whether or not that ends up being the case, who knows? And then yeah. Netflix's other big competitor is YouTube. So yeah, I mean, you know, I'd I love to see all these streaming television services get in there. I was pretty. I thought it was pretty neat to see the Hulu car 
uh, on the track when uh, we were at the the race last weekend. But uh, uh, you know, it's some it's some good news for sponsorships. Um, I, I don't know if you guys caught this, but uh, Miller Lite has re-upped with uh, Bansky and uh, Brad Keselowski for another couple of years, and their his Xfinity sponsor, Discount Tire, has uh, upped their involvement uh, with that team to become an associate sponsor on the the Cup team as well. So that was a pretty big announcement. And they're going to be the full-time sponsor in Daytona 500. Yep, yep. He's, they're doing a couple of – they'll be the primary on a couple of races there. So, I mean, it's not all gloom and doom for these and guys hiring sponsors. Uh, but, uh, like, you know, like I said, and, and then you know, Bubba Wallace had the – what was it called? Click and – Click and close. Click and close. Yeah. What? Click and close. What, it's what, a what, uh, more home. It's an online mortgage company. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it will sponsor the Daytona 500, Phoenix, and Texas. Oh, good for them. You know yeah. those those mortgage companies uh, are always trying to get the name out there. I don't know if you realize. Uh, you know, uh, Takuma Sato won the Indy 500 this year. That Royoff that uh, that popped up on his car in the month of May. That's a, that's a big mortgage company. And, uh, Quicken Loans. And, we had Quicken Loans. Yeah, Quicken Loans. With, with, yeah. Ryan, there, yeah, with and, Ryan Newman uh, over there. But, but the thing about it is this, the, the, the sponsor, the individual sponsor packages are shrinking. So what that does, basically, the teams have to put together more sponsorship packages. You have to have more partners. You sell individual races. There are 38 events in a cup season, and you have to sell essentially each event as its own uh, entity. So you'll sell you'll sell you know 22 of those to maybe one major sponsor, and then that leaves you 16 other events that you have to sell either either part and parcel. So that's 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 the that's what these teams are facing now, and have been for, for several years now, but even more so now. They're having to put uh, knock on more doors and, to, get, uh, to get what oh, they can. Absolutely, yeah. It's and sorry. Oh, go ahead, Seth. That I'm next. another spon- another sponsor announcement. Uh, this one was from Furnish Row. We already knew we had uh, five hour energy and uh, Bass Pro Shops, but filling out the rest of their schedule, owners insurance for the first time in the history of Furniture Row Racing. Uh, Barney Visser's Furniture Row will not actually be the primary sponsor of the 78 car at all next season. And they it doesn't are fully need to funded. be. It doesn't, with the performance that car has put on the track, they deserve a full-time sponsor. Well, they have earned it. Exactly. They, exactly. they have earned it. By, they have invested in performance, and they have earned that. And people are knocking on their door to get exposure for them. And that that's that's... That's the secret to success. I mean, in, in this sport, if I don't care what you say, if you know, performance means everything in our sport. And the better you perform, the better you eat. It's, it's you know, that's boiling it <laughs> that, down to that, its, to its simplest good, that's terms. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, but I just want to just on, on the other side of the coin. I, you know, we've you and I all understand the sport well. Um, we've all been. Uh, embroiled in, in, in it for a, a long time but to the like the novice novice fan right seeing seeing the driver in a in four or five different liveries over the year is it makes it a little hard to follow and i'm just playing devil's advocate here and, I, and i'll tell you why i i took my um 
13-year-old in Martinsville this past weekend, right? And we were in the car driving up talking about different race car drivers, right? And, you know, and he said, well, who's your favorite? I said, well, I, said, I like Brad Keselowski, you know, Brodowski. I said, I said, we like Brad because he's, you know, he drives for Roger Penske, number one. Number two, he wins a lot of races. But one of the reasons I really like Brad because he's Polish heritage like us, Mark, you know, and my my. You know, my, my nephew, he's got the same last name as me, Santa Roski. I said, I said, he'll be in that white Miller Lite car, you know, and it showed him a picture of the car on the phone. And we get to the racetrack. He goes, well, where's Brad Keselowski? I said, oh, he's in the uh, yellow Alliance car. It's still number two. Um, so, you know, it's it's just the nature of the business, you know, but it's. I'll it's, tell you, if you listen I, to the I kind of miss the days where you, you see the guy in the same car from, uh, from, from, from week one to the championship weekend of the thing. But, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'll tell you, you listen to the spotters, and sometimes even on a weekend, the spotters get confused. Yeah, they can't mm-hmm. find their own um, car. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's what the... I think it's probably only the 48 and the 13 that pretty much have the same sponsor all year, of a full-time sponsor now. 27, the, too. Yeah, 27. Well, yeah. Or, or yeah. what and will be the think- 21. Yeah, the yeah, Wood yeah, Brothers yeah. car kind of looks pretty similar, and and Logano doesn't stray away too much from the the yellow and red Pennzoil shell colors, does he? They sometimes go to the um, Duralust brakes, don't they? I think yeah, they, have yeah. the, they have the Triple A sponsorship. Yeah. Too, oh yeah, they, they, they always yeah, yeah. have that sort of like flame effect down the side of the car, don't they? They just yeah. vary the color cord and coordination right. on it. God, that one race, Kozlowski was driving the, Fitz, you know, the cars Fitzgerald glider kit, black and green car. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. And, and most cars change every week. I mean, like I said, there's the the 27 and the 48 are pretty close. One, you know, the 27 is highlighted by that neon yellow every week. And, of course, they change the hood, you know, and, and, and the deck lid. But basically, the, the overall car still remains the same base uh, livery on that. And then that's one of the few out there that, that that's pretty um, – uh, pretty consistent throughout the whole year. Yeah, and and you see the same thing in IndyCar. IndyCar, you've got guys running different cars all the time. For, Formula One, but, different, different story. Those guys, they they're down. I think that's a Formula One rule. Your heart, your car has it to is, look the yeah. same. And the you team, go, uh, and the team cars have to look the same. You can't yeah. have. That was back to VAR, wasn't it? When they VAR tried to do, a, yeah, one lucky triple strike. five and a lucky strike. Yeah. Right, right. Then they come up with the zipper design. Yeah, so. Yep. So let's uh, speak of Formula One. Um, so we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, Richard, about that uh, open seat over at Williams, uh, not Renault, but Williams, um, <laughs> <laughs> where that uh, you know Robert Kubica and Paul DeResta. But it has been announced officially that Massa hearing for the second again, for, again, again. So. Um, as much as uh, Moss has been maligning these folks here, I, I brought this up uh, when we were talking with Joey a couple weeks ago that now, you know, Danny Kvyat is been dropped from Red Bull, and he's, I, we both kind of agree, well, maybe that's the direction that Williams needs to go, and now they're seriously looking at him. And so, Richard, you think that uh, Kvyat has become the, the front runner for this Williams seat, or do you th- still think that... Um, Either, either you know, Robert or Paul uh, still got a shot at that. Hey, it's a difficult question, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know, as Paddy Lowe said in an interview a couple of weeks ago, you know, they're looking at all available drivers, and it would be a miss of them not to look at a you know a talented driver. And, and there's no doubt that 
Kvyat is in the top, you know, dozen or 20 or so available dri- you know, drivers in the world and probably in the top three or four drivers that are available for that seat who are, who are not under contract. Um, my sort of long-standing comment and long-standing thought process on this is if you look at the three drivers that are in line, you know, competing for the seat, Kvyat, Deresta, and... Um, um, Kubica. Kubica, sorry, yeah. Um, you know, with with Kvyat, you know what you're getting. You know you're getting a, dry, a guy who on his days is, is pretty fast, um, not in the top five, ten drivers on the grid, I don't think. Maybe, maybe in the... Maybe hovers around that 10th place on a good weekend. You know what you're getting. He, he unfortunately, crushes quite a lot. Um, he, you know, he has a tendency to do that. Um, he has a tendency to be not great PR for the team. He, he's often quite outspoken, and, and it doesn't really go down very well on that side of things. Um, then you look at Duresta. Uh, you know, had, was was solid in his time with uh, Force India. Didn't do anything amazing, but he's pretty good on the PR side of things. You know, he'll please all the sponsors. He'll shake all the hands and kiss the babies and do all this sort of stuff. Um, and then you look at Kubica, and and he's the big unknown. I mean, wh- you know, when he was, you know, last driving in sort of two thousand nine, two thousand ten, you know, you'd arguably put him in the top five drivers. Um, so now, now where does he sit? Um, you know, does he still have the ability to perform at that level? If he does, and he can, that's a massive coup for the organisation to, 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 you know, take that risk, arguably, and, and actually make it work. I, I, I just think sometimes, you know, Williams have a little bit of stability with Lance Stroll and the money that's coming from, from the, the Stroll family that maybe you do want to go for a bit of a stab in the duck, you know. Um, is Duresta going to dig up any trees? Is Kubica, is, um, sorry, Kvyat going to dig up any trees? Probably not. You know what you're going to get. They're not very exciting. They're just, meh. You know, and that's not being disrespectful to them because they're infinitely better drivers than I am. But um, I just think with, with Kubica, you have that, X factor, for want of a better word. Um, I think and, if he's well, physic- physically it, capable of driving, I think he he can do a job. I think he's proven that in the in the multiple tests he's done here, you know. And but I wonder. I mean, having a guy like uh, Robert in there, who's you know got a lot of experience. You know, he's a bit older than Deresta or Kvyat. Uh, w- you know, wouldn't this be you know a fine mentoring role uh, for young Lance? Well, exactly. You, you know, know I, I don't, I don't know how well he got along with uh, with Massa. Um, you know, there's not I, I a lot, not the, a lot has been written about it or, or talked about. But the, no, I mean, I, I but, think but, from you know, the sort of if you're going to try to hang the future of your team on last stroll, I mean, give him somebody that's that's been around the sport who's willing to help. You know, um, exactly. So that's I mean, that's where I'm at with it. Yeah, I agree. And and you've also got to ask the question: Is uh, is Deresta? Better than Stroll? Yeah, probably not. Is Kvyat better than Stroll? Probably on the same sort of page. Is Kubica better than Stroll? 
you would say that when Kubica had his accident, yes, he was better. He was at a better level. Now, again, you know, that's six years ago now, seven years ago. So a lot of waters passed under a lot of bridges in that time. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. And, and, but, and Robert's you know, going to be pretty rusty behind the wheel too, but he still, you know, he still knows the sport intimately. Exactly. You know? and, and, you know, Kubica, I'm sure, is a pretty smart guy. You know, he's pretty clued up. Is he going to put himself in a position where he could potentially fail? What would he gain from failing? Nothing, really. You know, he'd like be like almost like, you know, Mansell when he tried to come back in 95 and he was too fat to get in the car. You know, it's like he's not going to want to... You know, everybody remembers Kubica as this guy who had an immense amount of talent and was one of the only guys that Lewis Hamilton ever said he really feared and would go toe-to-toe with these guys. You know, do you want to lose that because he's not going to win a championship with Williams to start with you know um it's an interest it's, it's a really interesting song. I mean it goes back to my own well, the thing I've been talking about for a number of weeks if not months now Massa's retiring at the end of the year yeah we know same old story you know 12 months later than he did last time let him race in Brazil let Brazil be his last race let him do what he has to do there and then stick Kubica in the car for Abu Dhabi and see how he copes See how he copes with the physical demands of it. I don't think Abu Dhabi is the most physical circuit in on the calendar, but at least give him a go, put him in there, see how he gets on, and if he says oh, I can't do this, guys, then fine, we we move on. And yep, great, thanks for the effort. Yeah. But, but give him an opportunity, and it's a bit of a free pass, really. Well, the interesting thing about it's not for Robert; it's not a free pass because there's this whole the whole insurance thing. Where right. where he's yeah. he, he yeah. was he was yeah. paid a pretty sizable um, insurance settlement for not being able to compete in Formula One an, anymore, and if he competes in Formula One, he'll pretty much have to pay that back. Well, a one-off is not going to give him enough money to pay that off, but a full season ride may. You yeah, know? very true. So very true. that's I mean I think that's the other thing, and I'm not sure how much validity there is in that story. But it but it really makes sense because I I, well, I I remember the similar thing with Didier Peroni when he wanted to come back and and he had been paid millions of dollars or millions of pounds um, or millions of francs um, <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it, it, bad enough with one franc on the show not millions of them <laughs> sorry be nice <laughs> <laughs> so but, but and and then that was um so he took the powerboat racing, which uh, ultimately cost yeah. him his life anyway. So, For some reason, I don't... I, I think for, for Robert, it's all or nothing. It, it's a yeah. f- the full season drive, and I don't... But at the same time, this, all this testing he's done hasn't seemed to force him to have to pay back his... No. You know, so I don't know exactly how the clause is written. So, but uh... I, mean, I do know that these clauses do exist. I mean, there's on a completely different tech. There's um, an American golfer called Anthony Kim who was reasonably uh, successful in the sort of mid 2000s, and then had an injury and was you know he can't he can't compete now because the the money he got from the insurance not being able to compete far outweighs anything that he could now earn. Anything he'd win on the tour, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is, it's a shame, really, that you are potentially denying, you know, the chance for us to see somebody like that compete, you know, in a car again, you know, um, and go toe-to-toe with some of these guys that, um, you know, you listen to Hamilton's uh, 
praise of Kubica is, is pretty outstanding, really, and it's a shame that we don't get an opportunity to see that again. Yeah, because Hamilton doesn't talk nice to about anybody. No. <laughs> so, um, Not even his own father, literally. <laughs> literally, um. you're absolutely right. So, um, uh, Seth is telling me Kyle Larson and Caitlin are excuse me, your second child. Uh, him and his girlfriend just announced it on Facebook. Just now. What's yeah. sending a card? <laughs> Six minutes ago. S- send him a card, yeah. So Kyle's had a <laughs> rough couple of runs the last few weeks, hasn't he? I, I saw him in the wall pretty yes, hard in Texas, yeah. So uh, three DNS, three consecutive uh, DNS, yeah. So his uh, his quote literally was, "I can't wait for Homestead." Right, so the season could be over, or so he. Could... I think he could be a spoiler there, couldn't he? I think he he's could, pretty. He could be. He's a pretty capable there, yeah. around there. He, yeah. could, I mean, he almost won it. Two last years year. ago, was it? Was it last year or two years when? Uh, I thought it was two years ago when Carl yeah. Bush won. He yeah, was. Uh, he, he was, was a dominant car. Yeah, mm-hmm. he got it went there pretty good last year too, but just uh, just wasn't able to put it together. He could certainly play for. I mean, that guy, that that kid's a future champion. So yeah, so. And, you know, speaking of which, you know, Kyle Larson is one of these guys that has, you know, made his intention known he wants to do that Memorial Day double. You know, that that one that John Andretti started. And we've got to talk about John Andretti before we get off the air, too. Uh, and John, Ryan John, Blaney wanted as well. Okay, so stop stealing my thunder, Seth. Sorry. Kyle, so, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's Sorry. where I was going with this. Yeah, Ryan Blaney, now, now, that, he knows, now, now that he knows he's associated with Team Penske next year, as is said, you know, I'd I'd like to try this too. So you've got you know Kyle Larson who's associated with Ganassi, and Chip hadn't Chip hadn't let him do that just yet. Um, I don't know that uh, I don't know that uh, Rogers is going to let uh, Blaney do that just yet because I think uh, when it comes to the pecking order, uh, the first guy Pensy's going to let do that double is going to be Keselowski because um, Brad would like to do that as well. You know, Brad took a couple laps in uh, Simon's uh, IndyCar at Road America and had a pretty good time with it. So. <clears throat> um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see you know, that kind of crossover. Uh, we haven't had a guy do it since uh, Kurt Busch, and Kurt Busch did pretty well with it. Kyle Busch has expressed some interest in it, but his, his Toyota affiliation will not allow him to do that, evidently, or uh, that's what he's saying. So, um, But... Gosh, it's end of the season now. We're already talking about May, but it'd be neat to see some of these come over and do that because you think about the Indy 500. You know, we had the um, the Centennial, right? Then we had the 100th, and after the 100th, you know, we said, "What? Oh, golly, we don't have a gimmick to, to after the big sellout." So what? Do we, and then Alonzo comes over. I'm like, okay, well, there there you go, another spectacular um, race with a lot of attention on it. So. Um, it, that just shows me. Then you got all these other guys, you know, your Blaney's and and Kyle Bush's and uh, Kyle Larson's all wanting to do the double. That the um, before these. Well, I'll put it to you like this: in keeping with the theme of, of of a lot of the topics we've talked about, not if somebody can sell it, it'll happen. Exactly. But let's get back to John Andretti, who was the first guy to do the double back in. 1994, and my favorite story about that thing is that uh, John finished up uh, Indy, uh, you know, a couple of quick interviews, spinning across to the helipad, got on the helicopter, uh, to the helicopter to the airport, plane over to Charlotte, another helicopter 
to the track, to the track, got in the car, put his belts on, and said to himself, Shit, I meant to go to the bathroom. <laughs> true story, true story. So, and, you know, and any will tell you, well, you do what you got to do. Cause exactly, that's never stopped any driver they're before. Six, they're 600 miles ahead of me now. It'll probably be dry by the time. <laughs> but anyway, so John was diagnosed with uh, stage 4 colon cancer um, earlier in the year, and he came come up with the, uh, the hashtag, check it for Andretti, trying to encourage um, a gentleman over 50 like Gray and myself uh, to go ahead and, and get yourself checked for that before it's too late because he, he waited until he was 54 uh, to go ahead and, and have that check and, and and the news he got was the worst possible but uh, he, he made a point uh, it was um, a couple of days ago on Twitter said that he's done with chemotherapy hope he never has to do it again but that's that's a pretty good sign um, that he's that he's done with chemotherapy um, and I don't know if uh, John will recover fully or have a full recovery, but that's a good sign that the therapy has evidently done his, done his job. Well, hopefully it's a sign that the cancer is in remission. So. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, and, and John and, and Gray, you've met you've met John. And you've, oh, I, uh, I, know, I know John, yes. Yeah, you know John. He's, he's a heck of a nice guy. He's one of the most nice and humble guys you'll, you'll ever meet, and he reaches out to the community so much. He does so much work for the community, and this, you know, this, you know, horrible disease couldn't have happened to a, a nicer guy. And uh, it's just, uh, I'm just so happy to hear that he's uh, done with the chemo, and we wish John a, a full recovery. And uh, you know, just you know, let him sit there and uh, and crew chief his his son Jared uh, in his racing career. So I, I thought that was great news. Yeah, it was. I saw that this week and. And was uh, very happy to hear it. Well, fellas, are are there any other topics we didn't hit on tonight? Because we're up against the clock here. Anything else we want to bring up or discuss before we close it off and call it a night? Uh, NASCAR announced the 2018 Drive for Diversity roster. Okay. Uh, Elaborate Chase on that a little Capri bit. and Ruben Garcia Jr. will return for a second year. Uh Ernie Francis Jr., who has won four Trans Am titles in a row, and it's only 19, will make his first appearance. Uh, Nicholas Sanchez from The Legend Cars will move up to late models. Uh, Same with Ryan Vargas and Isabella Robusto, who is 13, will join their Legends program. Well, so sorry. So, did you say thirteen? Yes. Yeah, she's running legends. Oh, for goodness! Legends sake. cars. Legends but cars. Yes. You can't have him reach puberty yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my daughter's thirteen, and she. I, I wish I'd get her involved in race. I told her about her shifter card, and she's like, "No, take me to the shoe store." <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> that that's good. All right. So, Gray, you got a final thought for the evening before we sign off? No, I'm just looking forward to uh, to Sunday's race and uh, seeing how it's gonna how it's gonna shake out. Who the uh, who the fourth contender will be for the the championship? Looking forward to that. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be an interesting race with uh, those five guys vying for the final transfer spot. So it should be interesting. Could have a spoiler out there as well, and then just uh, kind of 
looking forward to see how this uh, how the season's all going to unfold. All right, great. Well, great talking to you tonight. Now, Richard, final thought from you for the evening. Uh, I think uh, I think I made all my thoughts uh, known before the show started to uh, record tonight. But uh, right, yeah, but uh, <laughs> just you can, you can make them known again. Just leave the profanity out. <laughs> there was nothing, uh, to, nothing left to say, was there? <laughs> no, no, no. So no, it's all good. Looking forward to uh, you know Brazil coming up, and it's always a great race. Hopefully, is, is, uh, is Brazil this coming weekend, or is there another week? Uh, yeah, it is this weekend. It's okay, this weekend. so we've got Brazil um, and Phoenix this weekend. Yeah, uh, Brazil, hopefully, uh, hopefully the should... gods can throw us a little bit of water into Brazil. It's always a good race when it rains out there. But Brazil should be about. What uh, three or four in the afternoon? Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah, you yeah. know, we don't have to wake up at like four in the morning. No, 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 no. All right, good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Brazil as well. It's always um, a good race. The, always one a good of the race. old-fashioned race tracks left out. I think you know, not one of these uh, new t- neutered tracks that Tilka seems to have made over the last ten years. Yes, yeah, for the painted runoff areas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Brazil. You've got walls and houses <laughs> houses yeah <laughs> yeah oh man yeah well at least they don't have the black forest like they had at the old Nürburgring so <laughs> go into the go off the track they'd find you two days later so but uh, I, some, I, of the, uh some of the shanty towns around Brazil you probably yeah, you could get probably that. could probably could so all right well you know my final thought is I'm looking forward to Phoenix I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if we have a spoiler um, or, or somebody, you know, come up there and and just steal that fourth spot. Otherwise, I think Brad's pretty safe. Uh, looking forward to the end of the season. And Richard's typing me something. Richard, you got yep. one more thing. One more thing. I believe I'm right in saying that uh, Phoenix this weekend is the debut of the redevelopment they've done there. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. So they they move the start finish line around to between sort of turns two and the kink. Is that correct? Yep. I knew they. I knew they were also got to, I saw of, the plans for it, but I didn't know when the uh, when the unveiling was supposed to be. If it was supposed to be uh, this race or the spring race, I, 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 I can't. I think it's I this race. I think question. it is this race. Yeah, they've been because they've been they had the other they had the IndyCar race early on and the other NASCAR race early on. And they were really working hard on it. You know, they've got you know new suites there and a, and a big fan midway, um, uh, new grandstands. Yeah, it should be pretty spectacular. Um, Seth, we should go. You want to go to Phoenix this weekend? Uh, I wish I could. I wish I could too. It's, a... <laughs> it's an awesome place, isn't it? It's one of the best racetracks you can go to. I think the the view of the mountains behind the track. You yeah, know, not yeah. don't find many better than that, do you? No, hey, listen, I can oval. remember. I can remember going to Phoenix years ago, and when we'd go in, we had to be careful walking around the. If out there on Thursday, uh, we had to be careful when we were moving stuff and looking under things and round tires for the snakes. So yeah, I've uh, I've, I've seen uh, I've seen Phoenix come a long way. Oh, Gray, <laughs> you know, Gray, you know, there's still plenty of snakes in that NASCAR garage. Don't worry about that. Well, oh yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in, a literal, <laughs> yeah, in a literal term, yeah, I'm talking about literal snakes. I'm talking yeah, about so. the, the the honest to god real life reptiles. They were they were <laughs> under trash cans and under stacks of tires and uh, and. Uh, and they had rattles, so yeah, we were we were a little bit uh, apprehensive when we first got there. <laughs> you got a little bit rattled when you saw that rattle, yeah. So. Anyway, guys, guys, my final thought for the evening is I just I just love uh, talking racing uh, with you guys every week, um, and you guys that listen to us. Um, thank you to the Hoobazoo Radio Network for uh, 
putting up with us once a week and putting our show on. I want to thank iHeartRadio, iTunes, and SoundCloud for carrying us. Uh, guys, this is Drafting the Circus on the Hoobazoo Radio Network. My name is Frank Sandorowski. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.